Welcome to session nine. In our last session, we spoke about our three identities and how each one of them has a special role to play in bringing our whole being into a connection with Hashem. Today, we're going to look at the fascinating transformation we are capable of making to our animalistic soul in bringing it closer to Hashem. The famous statement in Gemara Brochers, Tefillois Keneged Tamidin Tiknum, the tefillahs were instituted corresponding to the daily sacrifices, does not mean that now, without the Beis Migdos, we are just symbolically replacing the daily sacrifices with tefillah. Nor that the timing of our three daily prayers just corresponds to the timing of the sacrifices. But much more than that, meaning that we are really reenacting the creative experience of the sacrifices when we actually daven. To understand how this works, we first have to look at part of the process of Hashem's creation, which is called Seder Hishtauschlos, or the chain of creation. When Hashem created and constantly recreates the world we live in, it's not just done with one instant switch-on move, with one gigantic concealment of His infinite power, and hey presto, here we are, in a world with human beings, with physical life, desires and instincts. No, on the contrary, it's a process involving numerous intermediary stages, each one gradually lessening Hashem's creative and vivifying force. In that downward process, creation becomes more and more unaware of Him as He creates lower and lower worlds, as they are called in Kabbalistic literature, right down to our lowest world down here. It's just like a long suspended chain. Now in a chain, each interlocking link is connected to the one before it. So the last link is still really connected to the first one. How this works spiritually can best be understood by an example in our physical world. We could use the adjective sweet to describe a whole range of phenomena. A sweet delicious food, a sweet delightful song or piece of music, a sweet deed of purposeful kindness, the sweetness of intellectual discovery, each one more refined than the one before it. In other words, there is a kind of chain of sweetness. Similarly, everything down here in our world is connected by a chain to its spiritual source at the top of the chain. And all along the way up, the properties of the object below exist in a more and more spiritual, refined form. So let's apply this concept to the dimension of animal life and our animalistic, self-orientated soul down here. First, we have to recognise that it doesn't exist in isolation. It's always connected to its source above. But what's the major element here, dominating all levels of animal life? What's the unifying thread which will weave its way back up the chain, to its root. In the Sefer Eitz Chaim, it is explained that all animal life is dominated by the aspect of fire. And that is why animal life is so powerful and temperamental. Now, if we follow fire back to its source above, we will reach the fiery love of the highest angels represented by the faces of the lion and the ox of the Markova, the holy chariot, as it is called, in the vision of Yecheskel. In these angels, fire expresses itself 
as a burning desire to love Hashem, far away from its counterpart below with its drive for physical and other selfish desires of the world. With that in mind, let's look at what happened during an animal sacrifice. A slaughtered animal was placed on the fire of the Mizbech, the altar. And during the first temple period, a fire descended from heaven in the form of a lion to consume it. So we were obviously not just burning physical animals, but a deeper spiritual process was happening at the same time. As we just said, the soul of an animal has a very high spiritual source in the face of the ox and the lion, whose appearance, says Yecheskel, was like fiery coals burning like the appearance of torches. And the fire which descended onto the sacrifice was actually the physical manifestation of that fire. As the fats and the blood of the physical animal were consumed, so the negative energy of that animal was also consumed and absorbed and elevated up into its holy source of pure, holy, fiery energy. And by default, the animal soul of the person bringing the sacrifice was simultaneously elevated and refined and its passionate love for Hashem was revealed and reawakened. After the Beis Amidus was destroyed, it is through tefillah that we must achieve this similar experience. So how do we go about it? Of course, we have to start with the basics. We have to believe that Hashem is the source of everything. We have to internalize that He chose us Jews to be His servants. And we have to accept that commitment and know that it is right and it will be good for us to accept that commitment. But all that is still not enough. And why not? Because one lingering obstacle remains. Namely, that we have other desires, comforts and pleasures which are more tangible and seem more real and exciting and enticing than those obligations and benefits only understood in our mind. Therefore, they can lure us away and weaken our resolve to commit ourselves to the service of Hashem. That's not always the case because we are prepared to make certain sacrifices. But when the demands of serving Hashem start to get a bit tough, a voice inside us from our animal soul tells us, Hello, you're now approaching the edge of your comfort zone. Beyond that boundary, the trade-off is not worth it. And in any case, you're not up to the challenge. Like the weightlifter who's not prepared to strain himself anymore with the heavier weights or when you're not ready to make that extra effort in the workout at the gym. Now, people vary with the comforts that they require. Some get involved with forbidden thoughts, desires and activities. Others just enjoy the cosy warm bedclothes in the morning, the irresistible taste of a favourite cake, chocolate, ice cream, coffee or alcoholic drink, the magic of watching a soccer match, or the luxury of a holiday in a five-star glatt kosher hotel. For others, it's the safety of the daily routine, the attraction of a pleasant, relaxing conversation, the escape of even kosher entertainment. In fact, whatever you can't do without and gets in the way whenever a mitzvah has to be done. And that's the point here. It's not that we have to deprive ourselves of permitted pleasures, but rather that we should be wary when they seek to interfere with our spiritual growth. 
And then there's a further problem. Sometime we've got the mitzvah done and kid ourselves we've gone beyond our zone only to discover we've just replaced a lower level comfort zone with another less material but no less self-orientated one. A zone fueled by our desires for recognition, fame or personal success in the study of Torah or mitzvah performance. And this might be coupled with a tendency to neglect the needs of the world outside. Now, as long as these comfort zones are our true boundaries, as long as we believe our physical desires and even our more refined self-centred objectives are our true nature and that they rule over us, as long as we live with that victim mentality, we are trapped since we misunderstand and underestimate our potential and do not realise who we really are. In all areas of everyday life, whether it be the world of sport, business or entertainment, the quality and nature of our self-image is a key determinant of our success. If we have a low-motivated, over-critical view of ourselves, that's a sure recipe for failure. Now, this is equally true in our personal spiritual life. And therefore, to educate ourselves to have a realistic view of our true spiritual potentials and strengths, is the greatest kindness we can provide ourselves. This reprogramming of our self-image begins by recognising the true nature and potential of our animal soul and then experiencing it to our best ability. This is by connecting it up with its source and by tuning in to the awareness which the angels up there have of Hashem and reenacting the process of their experience. In that way, our animal soul will be drawn out of its fiery, material, lustful loves and pleasures and be able to rekindle its fiery love of Hashem. And that's the journey of tefillah, to take the animal soul right back to its true source and potential. In session 10, we will be finding out exactly what is the angel's interaction with Hashem and how we can strive to emulate it in some way. But before we conclude, I would like to recite a short poem which summarises very well today's session. It's called New Dreams. Hashem, my king, a desperate voice calls out. No room for you today. My nature rules and lights my way. Oh, voice, you're lost and do not know your station. Once mighty angel in the chain of creation. Descent as dazed the memory of your real desire, replaced it with a foreign fire. Once you recall your source above, your flame will find its godly love. The angel's fire is there for you. Just come with me and share his view. <laughs>